everyone. Welcome to Morning Matcha. I'm here today with Whitney Tingle and Danielle Dubois, who are founders and co-CEOs of Sakara, a wellness company based on food as medicine. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming here today. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to finally meet you yeah, guys. I love your business and I use your products all the time. I sell them at the fullest and yeah. I really believe in them and so grateful they exist and that you two exist. Oh, so oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks thank so much you. for having us. It's nice so, to have you in the city. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to be here. And the weather's been nice up until today. Until a couple <laughs> hours <rainy>. ago. <laughs> but I'm so, I love just talking to you, um, being here right before getting started and noticed you guys just have such great chemistry. And I want to yeah. know how you met, how long it's been. <laughs> Tell me everything. It's been a lifetime. <laughs> Or maybe more. Or, yeah, or longer. We've known each other since we were kids. Um, and we grew up together in Sedona, Arizona. Have you ever been there? I've never been, but I've heard oh, such great things. You have to go because you live so there, close. I know. And there's Coast. vortexes there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You it's, can really feel the energy. It's a different type of energy there. Yeah, it's not only beautiful aesthetically, but it has a very particular energy to it. People come from all over the world for healing um, there's the magnetic forces, which are the vortices that are all over the rocks. It's beautiful hiking and it attracts a very particular crowd. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of new age people, a lot of hippies. Um, you know, we grew up with this kid and his family ate sunshine. Like they were Aryans. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, were people, they really? Yeah. So people from all different walks of life. Uh, and I think that really, not only impacted our friendship, but, you know, impacted adulthood and, and how we sort of manifested Sakara. Because at a young age, when you're surrounded by all these different ways of thinking, you know that there are all these different ways to exist in the world. And it's, it's really inspiring. Yeah. And that it's up to you to create whatever it is that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it, it felt like there were endless possibilities growing up there. So yeah. how old were you when you met? I think we were 12. Maybe younger. Maybe younger. Yeah. Wow. Um, and we had like probably met younger. We just like, we really connected. Yeah. At that age. Whitney That's when we became best school. friends. Right. Yeah. I was the new girl in school and Danielle sat in, sat in front of me in first period math class. And, uh, I remembered even just the first time we interacted, she, you know, she was sitting in front of me and she reached back over her chair. She leaned back over. She said, hi, I'm Danielle. <laughs> and, and I think she borrowed a pencil or something. I did. <laughs> and our and math we teacher friends. had like a shaved head and a nose was ring. Was a vegan. And I think she was a rough foodist. Oh, rough foodist. Oh my I gosh. remember her like crunching on carrots all the time. Right. How do you remember this? And that's crazy because raw food like hasn't been on people's radar for I know. very long. And that was a while ago. We yes. didn't say how long, but. Right. Did you think so? That. You were like accepting of it at that time, then of that kind of oh, lifestyle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember the principal. I remember she got a nose ring while she was already a teacher, <laughs> and the principal was kind of like, "Okay, but no more piercings." But like <laughs> our principal of the school to our math teacher. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But it was so totally funny. accepted. I mean, there and, were there's like a big Wicca community there. There's a big Osho community there. Yeah. I mean, she was my definitely parents, not the weirdest. My parents were doing master cleanse and, you know, my mother grinding her own peanut butter. I was like the kid in school that nobody wants to trade lunch with. Yeah. Now your <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich has is the bread with all the twigs and berries sticking out of it. I was like, Mom, why can't I just have the white bread? The Wonder Bread. Yeah, the Wonder Bread. <laughs> I really wanted Wonder Bread. <laughs> it looked amazing. But Your mother was smart. Yeah. And 
you know, at that time you don't understand why you're different or why she's making these choices and you're living this way. Mm -hmm. But now I look back and I'm so grateful that she had that knowledge and that strong belief system and kind of instilled that in me of, you know, as soon as I was able to read, she taught me how to read an ingredients label. Like I remember as a kid, um, in the grocery store, her teaching me to turn something over and look at the back and read the ingredients that that was the most important thing was not looking at how many calories or how to read a nutrition facts label or anything about that, but just about what's in this. Is it made with good ingredients? Is it healthy for you? What are these other ingredients like preservatives and hydrogenated oils Mm -hmm. and being able to then recognize that for myself, even as a child, so that I could go out and make healthy choices for myself. Mm-hmm. How so, empowering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, and I thought, you know, that that was kind of normal because everybody yeah. was kind of doing that in yeah. Sedona. Yeah. We had friends that, um, I remember they would make popcorn and put the nutritional yeast on it. Oh my gosh. And, like people which are drinking like raw milk and eating raw cheese. Still are. Still are. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, then that's a very different lifestyle from coming to New York City. So Danielle and I, you know, we grew up together. We played volleyball in school together um, all year round. We were in student council together. Um, Really just, you know, and we were best friends and Mm -hmm. our families would spend holidays together even. Do you Mm -hmm. have siblings? We do, but they're all older than us. Yeah, so much really older. Connected. I was basically an only child. Whitney grew up with her yeah, sister. Yeah, my sister and... is six years older than me. Mm-hmm. So she was in the house while I was really young. Mm-hmm. But then all through high school, she was already out of the house. Yeah. but And uh, then what brought you to New York? Well, I came to New York first and I came for college. Um, I came to study pre-med. So I did my undergraduate in biochemistry. Um, and then Whitney came just as I was about to graduate and right after she had graduated from yeah. U of A in Arizona. Yeah. I moved out to work on Wall Street. I thought I wanted to be like Susie Orman. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, know Susie Orman? She's no, she's well, on TV. She's like she's the like, financial advisor on, on TV. all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As like the yeah, financial yeah. consultant. And yeah. she would like help people. Like they'd be like, you know, I really want to buy these Christian Louboutins. Do I have enough money? And she'd like, almost no, always you say cannot no. buy those shoes. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. you're in luck. You have saved enough money in your account. You yeah. can get those shoes. Oh my yeah. Or you can buy that boat. <laughs> and you wanted and, to be her. <laughs> well, she was she was one of the only women. real strong women in the talking financial, about yeah. talking about you can own your own finances. Yeah, mm-hmm. and financial security. Yeah, and, and that that to me just for so long was such a male role mm-hmm. that men worked in finance, that men uh, were in control of the household finances. And, uh, seeing her, you know, I, I watched her once again, like with my mother, that my mother ran her own business and Mm -hmm. would watch her for inspiration. And so I would watch her too and see, you know, this woman being able to calculate out, this is how much money you have. This is how much money you should be saving, planning for the future. And it was really inspiring to me Yeah, and being able to be in control of your own future like that. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to come and work on Wall Street and be a financial advisor. So I came out to work for Merrill Lynch. And 
in 2008. Yeah, in 2008. Oh my gosh. Which is a crazy time to be joining the world of finance. But, you know, it was really what I got to see was what that lifestyle looks like. Mm -hmm. And in New York City, you have no time. You're always in a rush. I was trying, you know, I, I, like I said, I thought that finance was a male industry and there weren't too many women in the industry when I was joining in 2008. But, and so when I came in, I thought the way to win was to act like the men, Mm -hmm. just do it the way that they do it. So I would come in, I would work just like the men, whatever hours they were working, I would work those same hours they would go out after work drinking. So I would go out after work and drink with the oh men. I would eat whatever they were ordering in for lunch. I would eat whatever they were eating. And then I just started to look and feel like one of the men. <laughs> and, I, and that's when I had to balding stop. Balding in the beer belly. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to wake up at 40. Yeah. With balding in a beer belly. Yeah. yeah. And I, on top of that, I was exhausted. I had gained a good amount of weight, just even in the first six weeks of joining. Um, I None of my clothes that I had purchased to, to wear at my new job, my new career, would fit me anymore. And uh, the cystic acne that I had been battling with since high school, since, mm-hmm. you know, since we were kids, was really at its worst mm-hmm. at that point. Just big, red, painful cysts all over my face. And it was affecting my self-confidence, yeah. affecting my career, affecting my dating life. Um, and it was just, that was kind of at my peak of feeling at my worst, yeah. really. Your lowest of low. Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, but I thought somebody here in New York City is going to be able to save me. They're going to be able to fix me, even it's though like I'm- the best dermatologist in the, yeah. Yeah. There's the best doctors here in this city. Mm-hmm. And- I had already tried so many different things. Like Accutane. I did that. Yeah, everything. It didn't work when she did it. Yeah, I did that. It didn't work. (laughs) I did all of the infomercial creams and. I know. What was it? Proactive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Proactive. (laughs) I I tried that so much. Yeah. And it didn't work for me. Um, Crazy lasers. I remember she had to do this laser where. They put this acid on her face and made her sit under this lamp and it just boiled the top layer of skin off her face. (gasps) And she couldn't, we were roommates in Soho at the time and like she couldn't leave the house for a full seven days. Yeah. They tell you don't leave the house. Don't let the sun see you. Yeah. (laughs) Or anyone. (laughs) Or anyone see you. (laughs) You really don't want anyone to see you. Yeah. (laughs) At that point. That was when some guy walked up to you, right? I think we escaped for a day before the seven like, oh, days I'm was I'm just going to go down and get a coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, and and a little old man came up and, and said, are you a burn victim? Are you okay? Did <gasps> you just like, escape concerned. a fire? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, and in a way I was, I'm, I mean, my face had just been fried. Yeah. yeah. You went Burnt through a trauma. Off. Burnt off. Wow. And it was very painful, but you know, this it, the acne that I had had been affecting me for over a decade. Um, you know, it, I was, I guess I was kind of depressed with it too. Yeah, absolutely. it was, um, like I said, affecting all these different areas of my life and I was wearing it on my face. It wasn't something that I could just hide under clothes clothes or or something like that. It was there 
right when I walked in and, and met somebody for the first time, it was something I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hit our lowest of lows at just about the same time. Um, my low came from years and years and years of dieting. I remember being nine years old and going to Costco with my mom and we walked through the supplement section and I saw these diet pills and I tried to hide them in the cart so she wouldn't see them. I was hoping she wouldn't notice at checkout, but, um, not a sneaky child because Costco (laughs) only sells like the 4,000 tub of diet pills. Um, but it was just so, uh, reflective of my consciousness at that age and that, at such a young age, I didn't feel pretty enough or skinny enough. Um, and that narrative carried through all the way up until, you know, we started Sakara, And my journey was really healing that narrative that I carried from mm-hmm. such a young age. And, you know, I, it manifested in so many ways, um, low self-esteem, you know, not feeling good enough in many areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, it was my relationship to my food. And unlike a messed up relationship to people or alcohol or substance abuse. Like you have to eat every single day. Um, So I had to constantly face this fear every single day. And so I reverted to dieting and, you know, diets are never the answer. Mm -mm. Um, You know, they're short lived. They're not looking out for your health. They're only looking out for your waistline and they're never a lifestyle solution Mm -hmm. because they're usually so restrictive, you know, that you can't do it every single day. So it was this constant roller coaster of I would do something. And like, if you told me what the diet was, I would like stick to it. I yeah. was a really good dieter. <laughs> so I would do it. And then I'd be like, oh, yay, I feel so good. But then mm-hmm. I couldn't do it forever. So then you just slowly like fall from grace. Mm-hmm. And it was painful. And it just constantly reinstilled this idea that I wasn't enough and I wasn't enough. Until finally I was, um, this is about the same time I went and did a 21 day retreat in Southern Arizona with these amazing healers and doctors. Um, but I didn't get the experience I thought I was going to get. I thought I was going to have like this spiritual transformation. It was a seven day water fast and then two weeks of all raw food. So for the first seven days of this retreat, you're only having water. You're not having juice. You're not having anything. That's crazy. Um, And you're in the middle of like the Arizona desert um, in July. And you're (sighs) meditating for like six hours a day. It was pretty wild. Living off the land. Yeah. You're like living off the land. You're farming. Um, I still cannot look at wheatgrass to this day. Um, And I, I got through the 21 days, even though it was really, really hard. And when I came back... The minute Whitney saw me, she was like, you are not okay. Like I couldn't, I had really terrible stomach pains. I couldn't keep food down. I was like, I kept getting like colds over yeah, and over and over again. you kept coughing nonstop. Yeah. So she had all these cupping marks all over gonna, her like, back. It's going to like acupuncture cupping. Because yeah. like the last thing after this fix her cough. cleansing retreat is like, I'm not going to go to the doctor. You know, yeah. you like kind of want to try and figure it out. And Whitney finally pulled the plug and she's like, I'm taking you to the hospital. Like, this oh my is not gosh, okay. it was that bad. It was that bad. So we went and, um, I had a pretty terrible, like gut issue. Um, and I had pneumonia. So I had to go on like all these antibiotics. After <laughs> like, you to... just did all the cleansing. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And it was just so telling. Um, that was my aha moment where I, it scared me. It scared me that I was that willing to go to such an extreme to change the way I looked. Yeah. Um, and that, that extreme took me to an even bigger, deeper extreme. 
and farther away from me feeling really good in my body. Yeah. Um, so I was about to go to med school at that time. I just graduated from biochem and um, I switched my path and I decided to go and study nutrition. And the hope was to really heal myself and my mm-hmm. own relationship to food. And, you know, that's what we ended up yeah. getting. Like the next year was dedicated to that. And we decided to come up with a meal program for each other. Yeah. It wasn't a business yet. Did you and both go or you just went and then I went. you guys just would like talk about it? And yeah, yeah. I mean, it was our both of our passions. Mm-hmm even from early on yeah, with this type of upbringing. And Whitney started studying yoga while she was working on wall street. Like we both kind of started to like dive. I started to diverge from medicine. She started to diverge from finance and we, we met where we just wanted to heal each other. Mm -hmm. Heal ourselves, heal each other. And I'd come home talking about all this stuff I was learning, like the science behind the microbiome, like that six pounds of bacteria in your gut that's dictating everything. I was like, Whitney, this is acne. Like if, if your gut is not healed, it shows up in various places. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can compromise your gut in so many ways from eating the wrong types of food, from eating non-organic foods, from, um, stress, not getting enough sleep, bad water, all of these types of things. And nobody was talking about it at Mm -hmm. the time. Um, you know, I was learning about the study of epigenetics and nutrigenomics and how your nutrition and your environment impact, which genes are turned on and off. So you can actually be genetically predisposed for something, but then depending on your nutrition and your environment, you can turn Turn on on and off off. that gene. So people tend to think that their genetic makeup is like their fate or their Mm -hmm. future. And it's just, it's absolutely not true. Um, and so, you know, we, we would talk about this and, you know, we'd read all the books um, and we'd say like, these, there are a lot of common threads throughout all of this, you know, making sure you're getting enough plants every single day, that they're high quality, organic and fresh, um, that you're getting enough colors, that you're getting enough greens, that you're getting enough nutrients um, because people tend to think like avocado toast is like a yeah. salad. Um, <laughs> totally. And, you know, sure, it's a great snack sometimes, but it can't be like a staple. Um, they, they, we need to get this abundance of ingredients and plants. And so we devised this meal program based on a lot of those, what we now call pillars of nutrition. And we realized, one, how hard it was <laughs> to do. Like we were spending all of our time either in the grocery store or in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it. And we decided to to dedicate a month. We're like, we're going to eat like this for a month and we would cook for each other. So that helped a little bit. Um, And at about week three, I think we both had this like shine down moment where we just started to see the difference in each other. People Mm -hmm. started to ask us like, what are you guys doing? You look amazing. And not only you look amazing, but you look like brighter and happier. Um, And for me, it was like the first time I realized I wasn't dreading my plate. I wasn't dreading eating and I wasn't looking at calories or carbs or points or pounds because my focus had shifted from, oh, am I getting too much? Like how many calories, how much fats in that too? Am I getting enough? Mm -hmm. Like, am I getting enough greens every day? Am I getting enough nutrients every day? And that shift really helped me look at food as medicine Mm -hmm. instead of food as the enemy. Yeah. And I feel like this is such an important piece to touch on too, because even still today we get so many questions around what should I be eliminating from my diet or they'll look at my skin transformation and say, what did you take out of your diet Mm -hmm. to clear your skin? And it's not necessarily what I took out of my diet, but what I put in. So when Danielle's talking about, did I, am I getting enough food? Am I getting enough nutrients? It's the same for clearing your skin or, or a lot of other different concerns of, 
are we actually nourishing ourselves? Mm -hmm. Are we giving our bodies all of the nutrients it needs in order to really function at its best? Yeah. And studies show that, you know, the way you deal with what we think of as like bad food, um, is very different if you're getting enough good food every single day. So, and it's actually not like, let me go binge for a few days and then cleanse for a few days. It actually matters every single day what you do. Um, and that if you get enough of these whole plant-based ingredients into your diet every single day, if you have French fries at night, you know, that's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Like it would be if you were eating crap all day. Yeah. Um, And so we really try and instill this mentality of just do what you can do. Like eat this way as much as you can. You know, I still grab for French fries Mm -hmm. and a glass of wine and no guilt. And that Mm -hmm. took me a long time to release that. But it's only because I know one, I, I have a toolkit on how to get back to feeling like my best self. And that's Mm -hmm. by eating this way. And then I also know that I'm getting all of the things I need every single day from the Saqqara meals. So I don't have to worry. And I know that my body deals with those, you know, French fries in a very different way than it typically would. Yeah. I appreciate that so much about Saqqara too, because I've been in the extreme. I'm very extreme person, but I'm not anymore. And I was just explaining that to someone. It's so funny to think of myself as having been that way. Um, what does that mean for you? Like what's well, an just example? like for the food stuff, mm. the mm-hmm. same with you. And like when yep. I went to raw food culinary school and then I did all right. that. And then I, well, I'm just curious. Cause when you learn more and you have this overload of information, mm-hmm. that's yeah. when you can go like really far down. Absolutely. But what's so beautiful is that you guys created a platform as well. It's not just mm-hmm. the meal delivery service. It's yeah. the whole lifestyle where eat this way the majority of the time and it's okay that you eat all these other things Mm -hmm. and on the weekends enjoy time with your family go out to dinner and cherish those moments that you have with your friends absolutely and that's what's really gonna help you stay balanced and love yourself and build that confidence and yeah Mm -hmm. instead of just like being in your house yeah yeah and you we always talk to our clients and we're like what are you looking for Like when you come to us and you say, what should I take out? Or, you know, what are the rules I should follow? And it's like, well, what are, what are you seeking? Mm -hmm. Do you want to lose a few pounds? Okay. But for what? Mm-hmm. Is it because you want to feel sexy? It's because you're going to go on a beach trip and you want to feel really confident in your bikini. Is it just for your own state of mind and you feel a little more powerful when you've lost that, those few pounds to think about that higher goal, because that higher goal is really what you want. Mm-hmm. You don't really want the three pounds. That's like a step, a step to the place that you want to get. Yeah. And so by helping people focus on this higher goal, I think it helps them like relax the neuroses and the need Mm -hmm. to like control every single component of their life in general, not just their plate so that they start to realize that it's what you, you are, what you do the majority of the time. And that, you know, I don't think too many people have fun eating a perfect diet. And Mm -hmm. if there are people out there that do Mm -hmm. have fun, good for them. But for most of us, we're living in this lifestyle where we'd have to say no to a lot of things Mm -hmm. and that you deserve that joy factor and Mm -hmm. you deserve to like go out and have options and not feel like, you know, you can only stay home and eat Sakara or (laughs) eat something and then feel really guilty after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's terrible terrible. too. Yeah. Because you should really enjoy it if you're going to eat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we actually hear from a lot of our clients that one of the surprising results or benefits that they get is a sense of freedom 
that they didn't even realize mm-hmm. how stressed out they were around food or making these decisions every day, trying to be healthy, feeling guilty if they ate the wrong thing, worrying about where the food is coming from. It's, it's a lot of decisions. It's a lot of brain space that they're given back. If you think about how much time you're spending every day thinking about your food and where what's yeah, your next Especially if you meal. were like us. Like, yeah. yeah. How much time did we spend thinking about it's food? way too much time. So much time. Way, and like especially once, we, once you learn, once you become a really educated yeah. consumer, it becomes even more difficult. Yeah. And that can take up even way more time, stress, energy. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, for a lot of our clients, this is a way where they can just let all of that go. They can trust that we're doing the work for them, mm-hmm. that we're doing all of the sourcing because we're the most neurotic when it comes to yeah. sourcing <laughs> yeah. and ingredients and what's going we'll into your food. For you. Right. And, and so we just, we wanted to make it easy mm-hmm. too, where you have enough things on your plate, especially when I was working on wall street, I had enough things on my plate. I was trying to fight this uphill battle on a career path and had everything, all the wins against me. And so if I could have that extra brain power back and also feel good in my body and have that energy, then I knew I was going to do better. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to give that to other people and give them the time back, the brain space back and give them something that all they had to do was open it up and eat it. Yeah. Because we had all of the cookbooks and we, read all of the blogs and we had all this information, but we just needed a jump start. Somebody to, for the meals to just show up at our door so that we could start to feel good again. Mm-hmm. Because once that happens, then it becomes a little bit easier to make the right choices mm-hmm. and whatnot. You just sometimes need that kickstart moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that everything's connected too. you know, that, um, what you like, we know now how much the microbiome impacts what you think and how you feel and how well you sleep and how balanced your hormones are and that your microbiome is completely dependent on what you eat. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when that term, like you are what you eat, it's, it's, it's really true. Um, and so, you know, if we can take, if we can fuel you, if we can nourish you so that you can, you know, biologically and biochemically start to feel better, like that's the most empowering feeling, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, that feeling when you feel like your best self, which I have found out so many people don't even know what that feels yeah. like. And it breaks my heart um, because we all are just kind of walking around being okay with feeling just okay. Yeah. Feeling you know? just mediocre. Yeah. And mediocre don't know, everything. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell them, you know, the most exciting part, especially because I, I tend to like talk to a lot of people that went through my struggle. It's like the most exciting part is that you won't feel like you're on a diet and that instead of kind of dreading the next day, cause it's not typically what you'd eat, you're, you're, you start to change your, your physiologic, you physiologically start to change. And the more you start to eat this way, the more you start to want to eat this way, that it changes your cravings and your taste buds mm-hmm. and you kind of get addicted to feeling really mm-hmm. good. And so like, people at first might feel like it's a compromise to eat mostly vegetables instead of their, I don't know, burger and fries or sushi or whatever they typically go for. But then they start to feel the results and see the results. And that's the addicting part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even small changes make a difference. So even just swapping out your regular snack bar or something like that. Or granola. Or a granola where we we just released our new line of plant-based protein bars um and it was because 
it was something that we wanted. It's something that we like to use. We throw it in our bag. We're always on the run. We're always traveling. I mean, finding something healthy to eat at the airport, that's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but we were shocked by the ingredients in some of these bars and the yeah. way that they're made and, or even some of the ones that were quality, but the way that they tasted. Mm-hmm. And so we knew we had to create ones that reached our level of standards and that on top of that actually had a function to them. So we believe that when you're eating, you should be getting the most out of your meal, that your food should be working for you, not against you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when you eat food and it's not good, it can put you into a food coma or do negative (laughs) things. Totally. Get puffy. Yeah. 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 And so you want to be eating foods that have positive benefits. Mm -hmm. So we have an energy bar and a detox bar that contain active functional ingredients Mm -hmm. to give you more energy right when you need it or to help you fight daily toxins like we're getting here in New York City. Well, your entire pantry line is amazing. Not just the bars, it's like the popcorn, it's everything as a replacement of what people would go for, but they can go for the healthy version. And yeah, that also takes me to going back even before the pantry line, obviously you had to, so you find this meal delivery that you want to create or this, you knew Mm -hmm. that this needs to be something that's accessible to people. Yeah. That I know is crazy to embark on this journey because food standards, even though like FDA doesn't have enough, obviously we want more labeling. We want Mm -hmm. more at the same time. There are so many hurdles to go through to create a business like this. Yeah. And it's insane. So I want to hear about that because obviously sometimes it's better not to know when you fall into something or else you would just overwhelm yourself and not even get started. I think we have built the most difficult business on the planet. Yeah. Like it's fresh food. It's organic. It has to taste good and it has to look pretty. And but more results. importantly, it has to like make you feel good. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of boxes to check. Nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot wild. of logistics. I mean, we have a hundred employees, so it takes a lot of really hearts and hands people. to make sure that the product gets to people in the way that it does now. So um, how did that happen? And how long did it take from ideation to actually getting it into people's hands? You know, I say this a lot, but I... At the, at the time when we started, like we weren't afraid to start with one client, mm-hmm. you know, I think sometimes people feel like when they start, they're like, oh, and I need this big splash and, and maybe in today's market you do, but you know, I, I tend to not think that that is true. I think that you have to just start where you are. Um, and we were so attached and inspired by our mission because we'd felt the results and they, I would say eating this way saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that I just wanted, and we both just wanted people to be able to experience that in some way. So, you know, our first client was a friend that was like, what are you guys doing? I want it. Like, can you just deliver it to me? <laughs> um, and then they told someone and then they told someone, and then we decided to make a website. So we made it ourselves. And then, you know, somebody else found out about us and, you know, we were just cooking ourselves and we were delivering ourselves yeah. and we were the accountants. We were the legal team. We were the delivery people. We were the chefs. We were the customer service. We were the marketing. And we just, you know, we didn't sleep and we just gave it our, our entire heart, souls, lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just decided to like stick to that core mission. Um, and early on, you know, you get 
one transformational story and you're like, okay, like we're absolutely on to something. And mm-hmm. it's not like we didn't have naysayers. I mean, we had so many naysayers and people that weren't <laughs> trying to be rude. They were just trying to like, honestly say like, why are you doing this? This is a terrible idea. What's Sakura? And we're like, no, it's Sakara. Um, and you like, should change your name. Nobody's going to know what that is. They're like, or... call it healthy meals and my C. Oh no. <laughs> and, but you know, Whitney and I, I mean, one having each other was like, yeah. it would never have manifested if that wasn't the case, but just really knowing so clearly what our mission was made all of the things that are typically very hard. Um, it just made them seem like you just had to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I feel like people don't talk enough about how difficult entrepreneurship is. No, because, and it can be lonely. There's mm-hmm. been this yeah. huge Thanks. wave of making entrepreneurship so sexy and idolized and so everybody wants to become an entrepreneur everybody wants to start their own business yeah Yeah, and then but they're they don't realize that it's really really hard Mm -hmm. that it's like having a child Mm -hmm. the child isn't just going to go away one day (laughs) maybe you can give it to a babysitter for a few hours but it takes attention every hour of the day Mm -hmm. and sometimes it keeps you up in the middle of the night and It has different stages when it's a baby and an adolescent and a teenager and new challenges at each point. Um, And that it takes you growing as a person, that you have to be willing to go through a spiritual change of looking at what are you good at? What are you bad at? um, What about you needs to change in order to help this business grow? Can you lean into your most challenging areas of life and take it head on? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it is going to put all of that in front of you. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're you're not going to succeed. And I think that having a partner through it, it it really is like we're in a marriage with a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... Pick the right person. <laughs> pick, the right, yeah. pick the right person. Yeah. Work on communication skills. If you have to go to counseling, go to cam- counseling. And, you know, and I think that if I have, you know, one thought around what it takes to succeed, it's don't give, you don't give up. Mm-hmm. Like if you want a relationship to succeed, you find ways around to make it happen. Of course, it has to be the right pieces and the right people and all of these different components, but that you have to have that drive and desire. And for us, it's the mission. It's that feeling inside of us that we know that eating this way, eating these products that we're making, starting to learn this knowledge and philosophy around how to live the Saqqara life will change lives. And for us, it's way too much information. It's way too big for us to keep to ourselves. So it drives us every single day to share it with the world. Mm -hmm. That keeps what, us going. What if you guys learned about people through the process? It's mm, a really interesting question. Because people are really interesting. And- people are so interesting. I mean, I think one of the most valuable lessons is just to like really keep it human. Um, you know, it's easy to like, because everything's so digital right now and on social media or on emails to just kind of keep this distance and, and say like, okay, sorry that happened. We're going to refund you. Bye. Um, and it feels like this, um, out of the box solution instead of really treating people like human beings. And Mm -hmm. that when you do that, 
People are so forgiving and so loving and they want to be on this journey with you. Um, but you have to treat them like a human being. So early on, we made so many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we'd have to like recall salads because an ingredient went bad. We had to like call and say, you know, we can't deliver today because, <laughs> you know, a chef didn't show Like there were so many things early on that we had to figure out and so many mistakes. And I think one of my big lessons has just been to like be totally honest, let people go on the ride with you because I don't think anyone really expects perfection. Um, and when something's not perfect, then just be compassionate and and true and you'll get the, the, the forgiveness that, you know, you're seeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Deep down, most people are looking for love Mm -hmm. in different forms and Mm -hmm. that we, this sounds so hippie in Sedona, but we really do deliver love in, uh, in a box Mm -hmm. and that sometimes that's what people need from us too is yes, the nutrition is important, but also just a moment of being taken care of. Yeah. And a lot of our clients are women about 85%. Um, and women these days are trying to do it all. They're trying to be a career woman. They're trying to be a good mother, a good wife and a lover, um, a good friend, a good sister and et cetera, et cetera. And that's a lot on people's plates and it can be, um, can be overwhelming. And so I think for us being that for somebody else of let us just take care of you, Mm -hmm. let us help nourish you. Let us just take one thing off your plate or put one thing on your plate. Yeah. Then, um, you know, that that's one thing that people are looking for is just being taken care of and loved. Well, it's so true what you're saying. And I know it does sound hippie, totally hippie, but it, the, what you've created isn't just a meal delivery that mm-hmm. like you get and you open and then you're like, okay, fine. I'm going to eat this. It's mm-hmm. like when you get that Saqqara bag, you're so excited to open it <laughs> up and see what's in there yeah. and what's new. And, and that joy is just, yeah. obviously it just goes back to the community that you've created and the mindset, like going mm-hmm. back to changing your mindset around food mm-hmm. and yeah. how you're able to show people that instead of just like explain it through something they read. It's just, yeah, it's so powerful. Absolutely. But for you guys, you've solved the food problem for other people and maybe for yourselves too, but you have so much going on as well. Like we're all going, you have this business, you have families that you're building. Mm-hmm. You have Danielle's so many having things. a baby. Danielle's yeah. having a baby. You got married. Like yeah. there's so much happening. And how are you guys doing all of it? <laughs> well, I thought you were just going to say like, how are you doing? Yeah. How are you doing <laughs> right now? Feeling? Are you warm? It's <laughs> yeah. kind of getting hot in here. Um, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> do you delegate a lot of things like, um, this are your is the first and... year that I think we're leaning into that a little bit yeah. more. Um, but you know, it's been six years, um, of like full dedication and probably it's been longer of, you know, our heart and soul in it. So, um, you know, there are things we can delegate, but there's things we can never, ever delegate. And ultimately the success of the business is solely on our shoulders. Um, and so there are definitely stresses, but 
you know, I, I think I've learned over the past, I'd say 18 months, especially that I am Sakara, you know, and that Whitney is Sakara and that I don't have the luxury or, or I wouldn't call it the luxury, but I don't have the option of not taking care of myself. Um, because I am Sakara, I am a representative. And if I don't show up as my best self, I can't tell people, other people how to show up as their best selves. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we, I learned that the hard way, you know, there were a couple of years spent of just, you know, working so hard and, you know, still eating well, but just not doing the things that, you know, I wanted to do. And I felt empowered by and getting caught up in this idea of what does a businesswoman look like and what does a CEO look like and um, trying to be something that ultimately in my heart, I didn't want. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think you have to find your authentic self and, you know, it's the journey is important. So it's not like I regret the time, you know, I learned so much. I feel like we have seven MBAs now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can speak to every single component of the company from, you know, we raised our, our series financing. We, you know, are familiar and with all of our financial models, we know how much we spend on marketing. We're on the branding side. We're on the social side. We're going out and speaking. So we know every component and like the, the delivery and operational side. So we learn so much, but, um, I think now is the time to really go out and Whitney likes to say and shine mm -hmm. and make sure that, you know, what we bring to the world is, is different than what like our CFO brings to the world yeah. and that we don't need to be caught up in that day to day. And I think it's really important that we're not. Um, and so this year I think is really the first year where we're together realizing that and, and making headway on making sure we're getting out and talking to our clients, like, you know, being able to see their faces and speak to them again is so empowering and inspiring. I think for both of us, um, and to just be a louder voice in the community so that, you know, every time we're sitting at our laptop answering emails, like we're doing a disservice to Sakara. Yeah. Um, so focusing on that more, I guess, outward energy instead of inward. When you say talking to your clients, what does that look like? I was just at SoulCycle last weekend and this client came up to me and she, it's just literally means being out and about. There mm -hmm. are other versions, like we host events and dinners mm -hmm. and things like that for our clients. Um, but I was just at SoulCycle and she was like, are you Danielle from Sakara?" And so we started talking and she had just done one of our programs. Have you done our level two program yet? I really want to, but I can't right oh, now right, that right, I'm yeah. pregnant. Right, so right. yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. So it's just the, we call it kind of like the next level, level two. So um, it's, it puts the body into ketosis. It's only five days. We worked with Dr. Aviva Ram on this program. Um, but she had just done it with her 88 year old mother Wow! and she's like, it's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, and she talked about her journey and just how grateful she was to have that tool in her toolkit and, you know, learning. And I, we talked for a long time and learning that from her and learning, like getting some of her feedback, like I get to bring that back and implement change or inspire the team to remember that they're impacting lives every single day. So just being available and out in the world instead mm -hmm. of sitting in the office is much more valuable to Sakara at this stage Yeah. than, you know, just sitting in the conference room, answering emails and <laughs> going through Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> what's like, what's going to happen with Sakara? What's your future with the baby and everything? What you're still obviously working on it full time. So mm -hmm. What are you seeing? What are you, your visions for moving well, forward? Well, one, when you say with the baby and things like that, we've made it, 
we've put a stake in the ground of being one of the best places for women to work mm-hmm. and that we don't think that you have to choose between being a mother or being a career woman, I that there that. is a way to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we have three women on our team that are pregnant, Danielle included. We have two that are breastfeeding at the uh, office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are infrared sauna. Our higher dose infrared sauna <laughs> also doubles as a pump station. <laughs> um, and making it where, where it's okay to be a mother and to work in a feminine way. Yeah. That you don't have to do things in a male energetic way. That you mm-hmm. can do things from a feminine perspective um, the way that you would naturally and being a mother is part of that. And our women, they, when they go through that transition phase and become a mother, um, they come back and they're so decisive and they're fast and they're efficient because their they value, time just they beca- value time. Yeah, their time yeah. just became so much more valuable to them. So, you know, that's I think one thing that with Danielle having a baby, it's just going to be another amazing blessing and Mm -hmm. another piece of the Saqqara path. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, I feel like is this rite of passage where, you know, Whitney and I started the company very young. Um, and you know, we're so grateful for our early supporters and the success we've had, but there, I think there is this, um, there is this, I guess, energy around us where I think even though, you know, now we're in our thirties and it's been six years and it's a multi-million dollar business, there is still this sort of narrative that surrounds us. It's like two young girls that started a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think motherhood is one of those rites of passage that allows you to move from like this maiden young self to like the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that only will only help us as CEOs running this company, um, that there becomes like not only this innate trust, but I found even just being five months pregnant, that there's this camaraderie that all of a sudden, like whoever said that, you know, women are catty or don't like each other, like was never a mother because Mm -hmm. the minute you become a mother, women are like right there and they want to support you and they want to tell you what helped them and they want to really lift you up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that being seen as a mother and a CEO is only going to be incredibly helpful for Sakara and Sakara's future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even more empowering. Yeah. What about for investors? Do you, have you chosen people who, allow you to run your business obviously I mean that's what I'm assuming yeah how is it navigating that landscape it was it was some of the most stressful times of our lives when we raised our first (laughs) round for Mm -hmm. sure because you're getting into another marriage yeah um and you know we had putting more people in the bed (laughs) yeah and we had heard (laughs) so many horror stories um, of people that brought on the wrong type of investor got the wrong type of valuation brought on the wrong amount of money um, built the wrong board and just like how it can impact your company and, and how it's built. Um, so we met with a lot of people to try and find the one that felt right for us. Um, and we ended up, I think being some of like the luckiest founders in the world. Very um, Did you have mentors through the process or was it? Did, but we also just dove in, mm-hmm. you know, I think one thing is like Whitney and I, we aren't scared of a lot of things because I think it's also helpful to have each other, but you know, like we enter the room together and Mm -hmm. like, I'm not afraid to ask a question that maybe I should know the answer to, you know, it's like, I wasn't afraid to like look dumb in their eyes. If there was something like it was my first time raising money. So 
was a huge learning curve. Um, but yeah, you know, finding the right people is huge because it impacts decisions that I don't, I didn't even know it would impact at that time. So how you did the type of company you decide to build, like where you allocate dollars, um, is how like that will determine the kind of company that you will build, mm -hmm. um, and will determine your success or your failure or, um, if you'll be acquired or not acquired. And so you want to be aligned on a lot of those things early on, but there's only so much, it's not like you can go through the checklist of 10 million things before you sign the papers. Mm -hmm. So there really has to be this innate trust, um, and connection. Um, and on the, on the side of the investors, there has to be a lot of faith in the founders. Um, and early on, you know, we, we met with our two lead and we met our two lead investors who were the, the former CFO of Priceline and the former CEO of Priceline. Um, and you know, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't clients, um, <laughs> but they just got it, you know, they got what we were doing. And instead of trying to like get stuck on the mission and what we were doing, they were like, okay, we get it. And that's really important to the business, but we also see you in terms of numbers and your numbers are amazing. So it was like, some people would try and come in and say, oh, I'm really like your mission. Let's invest. Or, oh, like, I don't really get your mission or what you're doing. And let me just see the numbers. And they had this really beautiful mix of, you know, really aligning on both our mission and the, the technical business that we'd built. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. So they're still in it with you. Yeah. I mean, we text our lead investor probably every other day or every few days. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, I think a lot of people who are starting their own business, it's another thing to, I mean, people can get money from their family and friends mm -hmm. to start something, but then when they really want to take it to the next level, it's a whole nother thing that maybe reading a book or going online doesn't really give you enough information. Cause you're like, what yeah. is that really like? What is it like totally. for a woman to mm -hmm. go into a boardroom yeah. and <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Not it's have different. confidence maybe yeah. or whatever. So yeah, it's absolutely. really nice to hear stories. It's kind of like hearing, I mean, I've been hearing so many birth stories and I love it. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like terrified, but then I appreciate as a whole, everything I've heard. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of like that, I guess, for people yeah. who don't have children or because this is their child that they're absolutely mm -hmm. and like birth stories it's like you want to hear the good and the bad but you also have to accept that that is their story yeah. and not yours so mm -hmm. you know when we heard all those horror stories I think we kind of didn't know that this amazing investor and type even existed like because we hadn't heard a lot of positive stories about mm -hmm. getting early investment um and so yeah I think throughout this just remembering that you know, you are in control of your own narrative. And if you just get as specific as possible on the type of relationship that you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what's your message for other women, either clients of yours, people on Sakara right now, or, um, who are juggling a lot and what do you want to share with them? Mm -hmm. Ultimately? I mean, that's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time, yeah. but in a nutshell, <laughs> yeah. like, what is, what is it that you want them to walk away with, whether they're on Saqqara yeah. for a week or for a lifetime? Um, That's a really good question. Yeah, I guess, I guess the way I think about it is that, you know, we are constantly in this mindset of fear and of lack um, and that, 
that really holds us, all of us back in so many ways. Um, and if you can find the things that help you feel really good and remind you that there is an abundance and that there is enough time, enough money, enough love for every single person, um, that that's the mindset that I think we all need to strive for, Mm -hmm. but you have to be reminded daily. So, you know, for me, it was such a life changer to just have healthy food waiting for me because that was one of the areas where I had a lot of fear and I felt like there was a lot of lack. Um, so that eased some of my stresses and anxieties around that. So, you know, find your fear, find where you believe there is lack and, and really try to lean into love and abundance because there really is enough for everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, well, the meaning of Sakara, it's a Sanskrit word and it means the manifestation of thoughts to things. So giving form to that, that doesn't even have form, like your thoughts, your dreams, your ideas, hopes, and goals, and turning them into something real, something maybe physical that you can touch and feel and share with others. And I think Sakara is a way that we help people to manifest their dream life, their Sakara life, through realizing that what you put into your body has an effect on every part of your life. It has an effect on your physical body, but your energy levels, how you perform at work and in your career, how you are, it balances your hormones. So how you are with your love relationships um, and other and friendship relationships, your mood and happiness levels. And I think that once you realize that you have, in a way, control over all of those things, how good you can feel, then you realize that you have the opportunity to build a lot of what you want in your life, Mm -hmm. that you're not a victim to things happening to you, but that you have a way to create that, that you're sitting in the driver's seat, that you can create the things that you want in your life and that it starts with you. Um, So using Mm -hmm. Sakara as a tool to help them manifest the life that they want to live. I love that. It's so beautiful. And I love sitting down and talking oh, with you so and nice. thank you to chat with you. Thank you so much for coming here today. Yeah, of course. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you. Mm-hmm.